Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back on another episode of 4D Sports. We're back after a, I don't know, two to three week hiatus. Uh, we have John Leonard on with us. It's me, Joe, and my brother Brad are with is with me this week as well. And John, uh, thanks for joining us again. And uh, let's just start off by talking about the fact that Major League Baseball is slated to start this weekend. And so we finally have baseball back. Well, I'm super excited about it, personally. I, I uh, feels, feels like opening day uh, is a little later this year, Joe. Like, what's Joe and Brad, what's going on with this? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I blame Rob Manfred. <laughs> yes, although I, you know, I've been saying from the beginning, I'm going to believe this this season will happen when it actually happens. So we'll, we'll wait. We've still got a couple days to go here, but I am I'm very excited that the season is about to start. I'm going to try to watch as many Phillies games as possible. You know, except when they play Washington and Baltimore and it's blacked out here. You know, besides those, don't even get me started. <laughs> Brad had to listen. Basically, Brad and I were having a phone conversation since I got home from work until we, until I called you. So about six o'clock until seven. So for an hour, me complaining about the blackout restrictions and the fact that I can't watch the Orioles. So I just I just teed that one up for you, Joe. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just hate Major League Baseball so much. I, I, Brad laughed because I asked him, I was like, I don't know why I love baseball because baseball very obviously doesn't want me to love it. Like, it gives me all these reasons to be like, hey, this is why you shouldn't support us. They're doing their best, aren't they? I hate them. But let's talk about um, potential Valley League guys um, that you think are going to have a big impact this season in the abbreviated season. Whoa. Um, well, there's there's going to be. I mean, I think there's going to probably be between twenty and thirty guys that are that are going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just saw yesterday that Yonder Alonso made Atlanta, made the Braves team, and uh, the Cubs have also, I don't know, quote unquote, called up Jason Kipnis as well. Okay. Um, and then you've got the guys, you know, like the starters, like Brett Gardner in New York, another one of your favorites, Joe. Yeah, he's something. <laughs> and we'll see if he can keep from hitting the the roof of the dugout with his bat. He's only got 60 um, games, yeah. Daniel Murphy in Colorado. Looks like he's going to get a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, Emilio Pagan is going to be a setup guy in San Diego after his really solid season in Tampa Bay last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the guy that I'm really excited about, that I'm hoping I get to watch this, uh, assuming that the Blue Jays get a place to play, uh, will be Nate Pearson when, when the Blue Jays call him up. Six foot six, 240 pounds, can throw about 103 miles an hour. Um, he played in Stanton a few years back, and I am looking forward to watching him pitch in the major leagues. You mentioned Toronto and their recent problem, or I guess they just found out that 
the Canadian government is not going to allow them to play in Toronto. And so now they're scrambling. I, I saw a thing where they said that uh, no minor league baseball stadium has the appropriate lighting up to MLB standards. So they can't even play in like Buffalo, which I thought was their alternate site. Yeah, that's what I heard was their uh, alternate plan was Buffalo. So they said the only non-Major League Baseball stadium that's kind of up to code, if you will, is Omaha. And that's because of the College World Series. And to me, it's just like, okay, I get that maybe it's not the ideal lighting for a broadcast, but in terms of just getting the games in, maybe you play in Buffalo and they can either add some lighting or they can just show the game and it's not ideal lighting. What is your thoughts on this, John? I had not heard that, that Buffalo was not a choice. I I, I kind of assumed that was going to happen. Could you imagine how awesome that would be for the people of Buffalo? If they get the blue Jays for 60 games. What if they just moved them? Like those fans would go nuts. It would be Bill's Mafia, but for the Blue Jays. I, I can't imagine the Toronto Blue Jays playing their games in Nebraska. No, that doesn't make that, any that sense. Doesn't, that doesn't ring true to me. Not that, you know, what I think matters much here. But, uh, I don't know, they may have to travel. They may I, have to do a 60-game, uh, six games on the road. That, that was another option. But, of course, that's less than ideal because then – I, I read where they're going to have – it's like a clubhouse issue then. And, I mean, I was I was just like, oh, my gosh. This is why you well, play I mean, in bubbles, but okay. Yeah. Given, like, the, the way the rest of this season is going to be very strange, I mean, you just got to pick something that's already not going to be ideal anyway and go with it because, yeah, you know, it's a one-year thing as far as we're aware of at this time. So, I mean, you're going to – it's already not great. It's already only 60 games anyway, so, you know, just pick something and run with it. Also, wasn't the whole reason of breaking it into, like, three pods, an east, a central, and a west in terms of scheduling to cut down on travel? So you're going to put a team in Omaha and have teams from the east travel to Omaha just to play the Blue Jays? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Defeat the purpose for sure. Here's my question for you guys, though. What if what if we do these these sixty games and it turns out to be just like awesome? Can you? We're down to the last five games and there are there are teams battling it out in every division for the playoffs. What what if we get to the end of this and we decide that we like this? Uh, MLB owners will cry because it'll mean that they have to shorten the season from one hundred and sixty two games. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them ever allowing that, but I do know <laughs> people that would like it that aren't necessarily currently baseball fans. Like the, they say the reason they don't watch it is because there's too many games. The games don't mean anything individually. Uh, whereas like in football, there's only 16 games. So every game kind of carries more weight to it. Um, you know, here typically 162 games, you can, you know, lose the first five games and not really have a big problem. That's true. I'm for shortening the season. Definitely. I do think, they have a point that the regular season probably goes on too long, especially for today's audience that you're trying to captivate. And like Brad said, I mean, look, I watch the Orioles game, so maybe I get upset when we lose a heartbreaker game. But then if we go out and win the next one, I immediately forget about it. It's not something where I'm like, well, that loss might come back to haunt us. Um, You don't really know that until the end of the year versus if you trim it down to, I mean, trying to be realistic, I think getting them down to 140 would be a bit, uh, like pulling teeth, but 
I would like to see the schedule be somewhere between 80 and 100 games. Imagine if baseball used the NFL's paradigm and <laughs> you would, so the, the Washington Nationals would just have one starter. Like they'd just go with Scherzer. <laughs> Can you imagine? Play every Sunday, Scherzer shuts out the yep. other team. You get to know. I'd be down for that. Let's see, you got 52 weeks. Let's say you do that, right? And you just play one game a week. You play everybody because you can, because there's enough weeks. And you just make it like a full calendar year. You play, well, no, I think I think ideally you'd need to probably play probably twice a week. Maybe three times. Maybe three times a week. Get in your... Get in like a a home and home with each team, and then just play a playoffs. So what is that? Sixty games? I'm proposing. No, less than that because there's there's thirty MLB teams, so you play twenty nine, fifty eight games. Yeah. Just imagine how much starting pitching would cost. <laughs> yeah, starting imagine pitching. What guys would make. Well, yes and no. I mean, you have to pay the top guys more, but the other guys would no longer be of service. That's also true. Which is why you'd the have, players union would a, never agree to that. <laughs> a fifteen man bullpen with, with two starters. <laughs> it's kinda like how it was back in the late eighteen hundreds, right? Yeah. I kinda I just I don't know. I mean I just baseball definitely needs some changes. I I just I don't know. I, I one you need to grow your sport. And to do that, the thing we mentioned earlier with the blackout restrictions, you just get rid of them because they're stupid, especially in the middle of a pandemic, which seems like such a no brainer, but okay. We're not going to do that because major league baseball can't comprehend, you know, how, how trends are going. Um, Especially your home fans aren't allowed to go to the games to begin with, which is part of the reason those exist is to get people to go to the games. uh, Yeah. Uh, and, well, and what to, to protect those, uh, also to protect the local TV, uh, the, those contracts. I hate mm-hmm. those. Yeah. I hate those so much. And the difference for me is uh, when it comes to hockey or, you know, NBA, the other sports that kind of have the same kind of deal, they're at least the teams around here are on a network that is provided by more than just one company. Masson, if you don't have Xfinity, I guess you could have a dish or whatever. But if you don't have Xfinity, you can't like there's no streaming service where Masson is available. So to me, that's infuriating because I can't I can't get the Orioles or the Nationals if I hated myself. But um, so (laughs) you might hate yourself for following the Orioles this year, Joe. I don't know. Never. Never. It's whatever. We're hanging with the defending world chumps. Uh, not scared. They threw their ace, Steven Strasburg. We threw Alex Cobb. Uh, we're hanging with them. We're fine. We don't even have our best players. So, I mean, come on. Oh, man. But the Orioles have some good talent coming, so they should be good in a few years. That's what I keep telling Brad. Brad's not buying it, but I keep telling him in a few years we're going to be good. Yeah, I heard that all throughout the early 2000s as well. This is different. Actually, pretty much the entire decade. It's different. Plus- it's different now. Um, but yeah, 
it's it's frustrating because they're not on a streaming service and so then you're like okay well MLB I'll give you the money directly with MLB TV and they're like no we got to we got to protect these local TV deals through the cable companies and stuff and I'm like the last thing you should be doing is protecting a cable company the cable companies are trying to find innovative new ways to make money because they realize people are cutting the cord and major league baseball is like what we we can't hear you protect protect the cable cords got it okay like it's just dumb and and then you know eliminating minor league teams yeah uh, when you you've got to <laughs> yeah let's I mean, make it really, harder for people to, to watch baseball <laughs> you have that, to grow the sport I, and I i also think that like, if you go back and look in the in the in the 70s and early 80s at how many african americans were in the game um, I, I just like whatever I've heard people speculate that part of that problem is that it's so expensive to get into the game, like to, to play on youth teams now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I would love to see the, the sport just be grown in all sorts of areas. Um, I just don't know that it's going to happen. I don't know that this current leadership has the, has the capacity to look into the future like we need. Well, and that's an interesting point, right? So, and you you brought up the African-American community specifically, and I, I do think one is availability to the game. They make it very hard to watch the professional game. Now they're getting rid of minor league teams, so they're making it hard to go watch, like, the next level. Uh, and as you mentioned, the cost is ex- extremely high, especially compared to some other youth sports. I mean, you're thinking, you got to get a helmet. You got to get a bat. You got to get a glove. You got to get cleats. You got to get a cup. Um, that stuff adds up quickly, especially for a family that might be, you know, struggling to make ends meet to begin with. Versus uh, all the travel as well. Yeah, versus a sport like basketball, which I mean, that is kind of where the African American community does see a growth in sports. You're buying tennis shoes. And, right, and, and it's easier. It's cheaper. Well, to play off of that as well, like uh, with with the less equipment being bought in basketball, yeah, you might have these teams where it's like uh, you know travel teams where you have to pay more money to be on these that are going to get you know more uh, showcasing, more publicity stuff like that. In baseball, the, those they're traveling a lot. They're you know on top of all this quit equipment and stuff it's it's really really expensive for uh baseball i feel like and they pro- they probably play more games too also in basketball the shoe company's going to pay that for you anyway and the fbi will investigate it and you'll get a slap on the wrist but <laughs> they get, they get, yeah. marketing We're, out of it yeah we are covering it all today on 40 sports yeah <laughs> you remember sports this is why this is why i've gotten sour they left me and now i'm bitter um but, oh man! But imagine being a imagine being a kid where you've got this window of opportunity and you watch the window close right in front of your face. Uh, speaking of letting windows close, I mean, you remember when Major League Baseball was planning on starting the season July Fourth weekend, and they could have had like a whole month of just them being the only game in town, and now they've waited to start until this weekend with the NBA and NHL starting, or the NBA starting next weekend, and I think the NHL starts the weekend after that. So. You basically bought yourself one week of being the only game in town versus a month. 
NASCAR has seen higher ratings than it has ever seen because they've been the only thing on in terms of sports. Major League Baseball could have had that, but they blew it because they were arguing over money. It just, again, Rob Manfred and these owners are so short-sighted. I've talked about this on on this podcast a bunch and on Yak with Leland, too, and it's just... It's frustrating. As a person who loves baseball, again, baseball just seems to always be there and say, well, here's the reason you actually shouldn't like us. And it's, it, I'll be honest, it gets harder and harder every time to just be like, to overlook it and sweep it under the rug, which sucks because I love baseball. And it's just like Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball in particular are trying to find ways to kill the sport versus growing it. Yeah, Rob, um, Manfred works for the owners. I mean, and you see that obviously. Yeah, that's true. Well, we had an interesting off-air conversation um, regarding a lunch meal that I had and then being worried about having to use the bathroom while I was at work versus in the comfort of my own home and how much more comfortable you feel using your own toilet. And I thought that brought up a good point. I know John feels the same way. Brad, you never did uh, talk about that. Do you – is it – I mean, obviously, you're going to feel more comfortable using your own toilet, but do you have a problem with public restrooms? Um, I have a really, really, really big problem with uh, using the bathroom at work. Yes. Um, Here's a reason. I wouldn't have this problem if we had doors that locked on the inside. (laughs) We can't can't help that because, you know, being a skilled nursing facility, a patient might get in there and then lock themselves in. Which, you know, I guess we could technically just get a key and get in. But, you know, no. So we don't have locks. And I have come dangerously close to have people coming in when I am using the bathroom. And for that reason, I really try to avoid, you know, spicy foods the night before I have a work. I Like, I have work the next day, which is a lot of days. So I don't get to eat a lot of the foods that I like now. Wow. Yeah, security security is pretty important, right? Security and comfort. Yeah, security and comfort. Yeah, we'll call it comfort because it's not even that the bathroom at work is that like dirty. It's not that big of an office. It's just I don't know what it is. I just don't feel comfortable on another toilet. The idea of sitting on another toilet makes me really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> even even when we're back home, Brad. I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird. There's two toilets in the house. I will always go to the one upstairs because that's the one I used growing up. You never use the one downstairs? Well, I'll use it, but not for number two. That's weird. This whole conversation is pretty weird. Yeah, it is. That was the house you grew up in, though, and you won't use the toilet in there? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like I got used to using the one upstairs, so whenever I have to go, I just go up to the one upstairs. That's weird. All right. I guess you guys don't have this problem. You'll use any toilet, any port in a storm when it comes to your own house. But John, I want to I want to switch this up to maybe just as weird of a question. Well, it's not going to be as weird, but it's going to be a off the wall question as well. Okay. Uh, last time, obviously, I struggled with this and I had to borrow one this time. I'm ready. Let's go to the book of questions. Oh, well, you know, question one. Technology has become a part of us. Would you rather lose the use of all motorized vehicles, all telecommunication devices and computers, or one of your hands? 
Oh, my word. In those options, man. This is an easy question, John. <laughs> I know I tried to frame it as I've never seen that question before. Brad and I have already answered this. We do have you different know, answers. You've already, you've already dealt with this. We'll, right, we'll get so look, I'm, you go ahead. I'm not losing a hand. Like, there's no way I'm okay. losing a hand. That's off the table right away. All right. Strategy, though. So, uh, I, so I, I mean, I walk to work almost every day as it is. So I think I could do without motorized vehicles. Okay. All right. Now, see, I picked the same one, even though I don't walk to work and I use a motorized vehicle. My thought process is I've ridden a horse before. I've ridden a horse before. I think if I had to, I could get really good at it. And that doesn't seem like a bad thing. I think that's an easier sacrifice. Go back to the 1800s, man. I think As the question says, technology has become a part of us. So you go ahead and lose that hand. They have the technology now to give you prosthetics that are almost as good as the real thing. Plus, if you think Star Wars, you know you don't really become a true Jedi until you lose a hand. Oh, and I really do want to become a true Jedi. That's true. I mean, think about the Force then to do whatever you want. So, I mean, it, it just makes sense. You lose the hand. You get a prosthetic that's just as good as, you know, the old one. It doesn't I say. No, I, I think I'm older than you guys. I, I, all I think about is all of the pain and suffering and the PT that you have to go through to get to the point where you actually have a prosthetic that you can use. Yeah, uh, I'm too old for that stuff, man. Nah, I can do it. Uh, John, when I first asked this question, this was a few years ago, and Brad and I were getting ready to go on a road trip to visit our grandparents, and he straight away, as soon as he was done reading the question, said. Lose a hand. I can get a Luke Skywalker hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're nothing that's not consistent. He is, which is interesting you brought that up because I know you love our MLB uniforms. You have, you and I have talked about this. <laughs> you loved our MLB uniform reviews, specifically Brad and his differing opinion on pinstripes depending on who the team was. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't necessarily the team. It was how they executed the pinstripes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them look more boring than others. Some of them look more clownish than others. So, you know, you got to take that into consideration. A, a pinstripe. The, the, the stripe that goes up and down. Yes. It, well, they're kind of okay. big. Look at them up close, but yeah. Just as long as I've got the Phillies powder blue Sunday uniforms, I'm happy. So Actually, the Phillies- decide whatever you want about pinstripes. What do you think of the Phillies' powder blues, Brad? Um, you know, I used to not really like the powder blue on teams, but I, I don't hate them as much just because I think it's a nice change-up from the grays because, you know, all gray is kind of boring. Um, that, I, as we've said many times, you know, we're, we're never really big fans of the gray uniforms for the most part. Um, powder blue, yeah, it's... It's a little, it's a little refreshing. I'm, I'm excited to see how it looks on the Rangers this year because they've gone back to it now. That's true. With Nike taking over, we could do another MLB uniforms. We could, and there are some that you know aren't that good from what I've seen. But yeah, the Orioles hasn't changed, which is good because it's amazing. So you don't mess with perfection, but some of them are not. Yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, my question, Joe, is are you going to have Jim Palmer come out of retirement and pitch for the team so they can win another World Series? We can't even have him in the booth because of the pandemic, where he's not even on the broadcast team this year. Him and Gary Thorne. So that's the other thing. I want to watch the Orioles. I'm willing to suffer through Mike Bordick and Ben McDonald, and they won't even let me. Maybe they're trying to help. I don't know. Oh, I hate baseball. At least we don't have the math through, though. That's true. If I had to listen to FP Santangelo every day, I would be a crazy person. I cannot <laughs> stand that, that, guy's a, that guy's a piece of work. <laughs> the only guy I didn't, I liked, I, I liked less than him was, uh, who was the, who was the White Sox announcer who just retired? Oh, Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> oh, my word. Put it on the board. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that whole he gone thing, like gone. oh my word! <laughs> yeah, he gone. Yeah, see, I like the he gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Although his meltdowns, his meltdowns were fun when he got really angry at the at the umpires. That that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's see the reason I love Jim Palmer is, and I don't like Mike Bordick. Mike Bordick isn't bad, like with analysis for the most part. I mean, every once in a while he'll tell you that that was a good pitch when the Orioles pitcher put it middle, middle, but um, Jim Palmer doesn't sugarcoat anything. When a guy's bad, he'll be like, look, this guy's not very good. And when an umpire's having a bad game behind the plate, he just goes into him. And I love that about Jim Palmer. He's going to shoot me straight. Mike Bordick, this is where his analysis does. Like, this is the only knock on him is he's just too much of a homer. Like when I'm watching, you know, Ubaldo Jimenez go out there, or Chris Tillman go out there and, have an ERA north of nine and he's out there like not a bad pitch. He's thrown five, not a bad pitches <laughs> that have ended up, you know, 400 plus feet over the fence that they're still looking well, for. He's not wrong. They're, they're not bad pitches for the hitters. Yeah. But unfortunately we're pitching. Oh yeah. Hit it off the warehouse. <laughs> so far, no one's done that in a game, but I think if we gave Chris Tillman some time, he could, he would have found a way, but how, how far is it? Do you know how many feet it is out there? You know, I don't. The only person who's ever hit it on the fly has been King Griffey Jr. And that was in a home run derby. So no one, I know I no one's done it in a game. They've hit it on a bounce before, but not in the air. I think you guys, Adam you guys want to know. Bounce. Okay. What? A, a, a trip that I had. I, uh, I bought a couple years ago an old DVD of the Phillies and the Chicago Cubs. And the Phillies won that game 23 to 22. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Talk about balls just flying out of that stadium. I think Schmidt, Schmidt hit four, four. Kingman hit three. It was just, it was an insane day. And the Phillies won, so, you know, it was perfect. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the amount of home runs, and you mentioned uh, Schmidt having four, which ties the record for most home runs in a game. That's the one thing that I guess I'm kind of surprised hasn't been broken. Because you would think with the amount of home runs we see fly out of the yard in games today, you would think somebody would have hit more than four in a game. Especially with maybe the enhancers. As it's about five, so, you know, if someone hits four home runs off me, I'm definitely going to walk them. 
I don't oh, that, know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point, Joe. I don't, you know. I would think at a certain point, if if I've given up four home runs to one guy, I'm probably getting killed. So I probably just you gonna serve it up so the record gets broken. Maybe yeah, it'll, it would be it would be at least at least four different guys. I'm sure. But imagine <laughs> that imagine that line in the box score like five 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 fourteen. However many RBIs you would have, that'd, that'd be yeah, incredible. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, you would win your fantasy league just from that one game. Yeah. For sure. Um, I would still find a way to lose. Yeah, it's been a rough, rough go for the Muppet Mafia, but we're not playing this year, so. The Muppet Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of Kermit in sunglasses and, it's, and like, one of those mobster hats. Uh, I guess a fedora would be what it's called. But um, Mobster hat. It's definitely a fedora. I just blanked on the name for a moment and went with mobster hat instead. But he's wearing a fedora and sunglasses and he's holding a Tommy gun. So, I mean, uh, what's not to love? Okay, you could, you could do worse than that. That's for sure. Well, John... It's been the most amazing podcast ever. It has. I've had so much fun. <laughs> I, honestly, this is why we need sports because we just ramble. But... John, I do, you mentioned broadcasters there, and I know we already asked you your just for fun question, and that usually wraps up the podcast. But I wanna I wanna ask you, who's been your favorite announcer to watch? Whether that's like a national announcer, a team announcer that you've gotten to hear, who's your favorite? Oh, Harry Callis. Okay. That's that's uh I don't even need to think about that. Callis was the voice of the Phillies from uh, when I first became aware of them when I was five or six. And I think when did he died in 2010, maybe actually my ringtone on my phone is Harry Callis calling the last out of the 2008 world series. Um, he was also the voice of some of those old NFL films too, like the, Mm -hmm. the uh, highlight reels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Harry Callis is where it's at. Wow. All right. I mean, did you think about going outside of Philly? I mean, I know you're a Philly Homer, but, (laughs) <laughs> no do you remember when you asked me about the nba and i mentioned like andrew oh, tony and shooting guard yeah <laughs> i was gonna say was that one what? episode that you were on here for brad when he oh yeah yeah he went through that the was, whole list was... and didn't go jordan i mean that was amazing he didn't name starting five as jordan 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 and jordan <laughs> he didn't win <laughs> That was fun, John. That will forever be one of my favorite 40 sports moments where you went through a starting yeah. five and didn't have Michael Jordan. Oh. You know, what's, what's really funny is I, I told one of my friends who also grew up in Philadelphia about who I chose, and I gave him, like, the first couple. I think I picked, like, Barkley and Malone, mm-hmm. and he, he picked these same ones. Like, he's like, tell me you didn't pick, like, Maurice Cheeks at point guard. I was like, yep. He says, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Tony at shooting guard. Yep. Oh no. Like, it was it was great. He was right along with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're not alone. That's good. But uh John, I do want to thank you again for taking the time to come on and talk to Brad and I. Uh we always enjoy having you on and hopefully next summer we get to see you at some Valley League games and uh get to watch some baseball and uh, maybe Maybe we can swing by Harrisonburg one day and watch some baseball on TV uh, if Major League Baseball will let us. Well, that'd be fantastic. Uh, and thanks for having me on, guys. It's, 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 this one was a real trip. Yeah. Uh, fun as always. Yes. I think, I think we all needed a little bit of a pick-me-up here given 
past three months. But uh, it's it's nice to talk, John. And uh, until next time, thanks again. Sure. Thanks for having me.